back to read some more of our Thanksgiving book. Does anybody remember who the little girl was? I didn't, I had to peek again. Her name was Ellen, Ellen Chilton. And this is her family. They were in England and in 1620, the whole family got on this ship called the Mayflower and they sailed a very difficult journey across the Atlantic Ocean looking for the new world called America. And they saw land. This is what it looked like. There were no, no restaurants, no grocery stores. When they landed, they had to find their own food. But poor mama, she got sick. Ellen prayed every night that God would make her mother well. Slowly, Elizabeth Chilton did regain her health, and Ellen knew God had answered her prayers. That's where we ended last time. Now winter is past, and one spring afternoon, as Ellen gathered kindling for the big fireplace at the common house, she spotted something moving in the trees. She peered closely. It was not a bird, it was not a rabbit, or even a squirrel. It was a man with a dark face and smiles in his eyes. Ellen gasped and dropped her armload of wood. As quickly as she could, she turned and ran to the safety of the clearing where her father was working. Papa, Ellen cried, so startled she could barely speak. She turned and pointed to the man who was following a few steps behind her. The dark man approached them slowly. In his arms was the wood that Ellen had dropped. Papa, Ellen whispered, he helped me. No one spoke for a long moment. Then the stranger smiled and tapped his chest. He said, Samoset. Ellen understood that Samoset must be the man's name. Samoset and his friends befriended the pilgrims and taught them many things about living in the new world. How to plant corn seeds between two fish for fertilizer. Where to find wild berries and turkeys and how to grow beans and squash. How to catch eel and fish. How to trade with other native people for furs. So, see the fish, there's the those are the turkeys. They put, they plant the fish with the corn for fertilizer. A winter of sickness and death had been followed by a springtime of hope. Then God provided an abundant summer crop. The pilgrims pickled, the pilgrims picked berries, harvested vegetables, and salted meat. When the pumpkins turned from dark green to bright orange, the pilgrims knew autumn had come to New England. God had sustained them through their difficult first year and provided hope for the winter ahead. With the arrival of autumn, the pilgrims planned a celebration to thank God for the harvest. For three days, the pilgrims gathered their Native American friends and feasted on turkey, venison, hare, puddings, bread, berries, corn, beans, and squash. The children played games and the adults ate outside under the colored leaves of fall. At the harvest meal, Ellen helped her mother by carrying dish after dish to the long table. 
In her heart, she said a little prayer thanking God for helping her mother to get well and for all good things he gives, even salted beef. At that Thanksgiving meal so many years ago reminds us that today we too thank God for the many blessings he gives. Some families travel to visit relatives to celebrate their blessings together on Thanksgiving. Others serve meals at a shelter for the homeless. Still other families invite friends from other places to observe Thanksgiving with them in their homes. Do you have a Thanksgiving that looks like this? Maybe some of us do. Sometimes I know some people go get takeout. <laughs> However, we celebrate, we thank God for food and drink, shelter and clothing, our minds, our bodies, our health. All that we have comes from our Heavenly Father's bountiful hand. Even better than all these blessings is the gift of Jesus, whose love and promise of salvation fill every day of our lives. And that is the best reason for giving thanks on Thanksgiving Day and every day. I really enjoy reading out loud and it not only, it not only teaches the family the content of the story itself, but it teaches the, it teaches the children grammar, rhythm, the tone and expression of how we convey ideas. If you've ever heard someone read in a very monotone reading of a document or something, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the content is, if the, but the ideas can be conveyed with um, the rhythm of our voice and the intonation of our voice and um, our, ex our, and our body expression too. So there's a lot of things that children learn from being read to out loud and, and I enjoy it myself. We can just kind of sit back and sit back and receive it. You know, it might not be something that we have to work really hard with our brains to understand, grasp, and remember for a test. But it's something we can, we can receive in a more, um, like an, I don't know, the word organic's coming to me. Receive in an organic way, even like the way that a child may have a lot of choices on a table of things to eat. And there's something, there's something there that appeals to him more than others. And it's the receiving of that element. And it gives a certain, it gives a certain satisfaction, a certain pleasure. And it might not be what someone else would pick. It might not be what appeals to someone else. But in the same reading of a book, five different children can be receiving something, something different, but something that they were hungry for. So in some of these uh, episodes, I just like to read to you and you can, you can just receive it yourself. There's ideas, ideas of thankfulness, ideas of family, ideas of provision. There's ideas of, of history, even, even geography. There's so, there's a lot of elements in a good book that 
can feed the soul of each different person. I wanted to share with you that doing a, doing a show like this is very different for me because all the 30 years that I've been a teacher, I have always had, I've always had a live audience, a live group of people that I can see their faces and get a response from and then I adjust what I'm saying to the feedback I'm getting from whoever is listening. And so if it's a group, if it's a five-year-old, I know that there's, um, there's certain things that a five-year-old's interested in. If it's a, a, a young mother, I know that there's certain things the young mother is interested in. But in this, in this Beth show ever, I've just got, I've got my daughter Tori there who's behind the camera and the cameras and I, and I have no audience yet so I don't know who you are but I want you to know that I'm praying for you. I'm praying that the feast that I'm offering you will be found by those who are hungry for it. And I'm not sure what exactly you're hungry for but I'm going to just offer a variety of things and you just grasp whatever you seem to be hungry for. It's not really a show that I expect you to um, get point one, two, three, take notes, um, and take a test afterwards. That's not my style. So I'll see you next time with some more encouragement, some more inspiration, some updates and practical tips. The legal process can be intimidating. You don't know where to start and you're unsure of what to expect. The attorneys and staff at the law offices of Scott Warmoth have been serving the San Gabriel Valley for over 35 years. Helping people just like you navigate through the legal process and ensuring you're treated fairly. You can find them at law888.com or call 626-282-6868. That's 626-282-6868.